You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Joe Gavallis with your uh, Safe Senior Hour, and uh, we're very, very fortunate today and honored to have as a guest uh, Representative Sharon Cooper, a state representative from the uh, uh, in the state of Georgia, who uh, also happens to be my representative, so I'm, I'm glad of that. But more importantly, she is a clearly a a friend and outspoken uh, uh, advocate to help fight uh, uh, elder abuse and help our seniors. So welcome, Sharon. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to all the listeners. Well, that's right. That's right. Where this is, uh, you're going to be starting a new session, and uh, at the at, just like as we talk about Georgia, this is what's going to be going on throughout the United States at every state. Normally, there'll be a legend, right? Well, states have different rules, and but probably the majority of states meet in January or start in February because that's when uh, people were free from their farms. And it used to be that landowners were the ones that were elected to be representatives. And so when the farms were quiet and they didn't need to be home, they would come in and do the legislative business and then get back home for the crops. Well, I, as as I know, some some legislators do it two year sessions, and some I think New Hampshire meets every two years. Texas it, Texas uh, doesn't meet fully, f- but every two years. Really? No. So uh, there are different uh, rules for different ones across the states. Well, that's great. Georgia meets forty days when we're gaveled in every year. We usually run from the second Monday in January until somewhere the end of March uh, or even into April. It, days don't count if we're not gaveled in in the chambers. And the, and you are the, the chairperson of the Health and Human Services, which is I think if not the, the biggest, it's the biggest. It's one of well, the biggest. It's a biz- it is the busiest and sometimes has the most controversial bills. Well, no, I we can certainly see that, and, and that's the way it is throughout the country, the health bills and, 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 and issues. Uh, but you also sit on the... Oh, I sit on the Rules Committee, Regulated Industries. Uh, rules next to it would be a very important committee because that's where all bills from all committees come, uh, and we look at them and then decide which ones... Uh, we allow to go to the House floor for a so vote. It's like a clearinghouse. It, basically, if we didn't do that, you wouldn't be able to walk to the right. door because all chairmen or most chairmen like to pass bills, and there would be so many bills passed that there would be so many laws. You just and, and again, we're going over this because this is kind of kind of like what all the, what all the legislatures do around around the country, some form of it, I think. Except Congress. Yeah. I mean, they have their own rules, and uh, thank goodness that in most states we're a lot more effective in doing what we need to do for the people. I, I know in our state the state reps are elected every two years, so are the state senators, right? Right. But unlike our Congress where it's six years for the senators and two years for the for our House of Representatives. That's correct. Uh before we start going into to some of the actual senior housing and senior issues, I, I, if our, our, our listeners might be aware of, we had there a reporter on last time for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution who did a very in-depth, or they're continuing to do an in-depth study, uh, concerning senior, senior homes and, and, and issues dealing with them. But 
Well, one of the areas that I know you're very active in, and, and it will affect a lot of our listeners all over the United States, uh, and certainly all over the world, as you know, this goes worldwide, is um, your work on rural health issues, because this affects seniors all over, and, and just, just some general ideas, your concepts on on things that you're seeing. I know you've done some study committees. or Right, and we've traveled all over the state of Georgia. Georgia's a very large state, and it's a very rural state. Everybody tends to think about Atlanta, but we are very rural. Uh, of our health precincts, I think we have about uh, 13 or 14 health precincts. Uh, nine or ten of them would be considered rural. So what's happening across states, especially ones that were large into agriculture, is that people are leaving the farms. Young people are not staying, and they're gravitating toward the cities. And all across the rural areas, the populations are dropping. And it takes about 42,000 people to run uh, in, in an area to support a general hospital. Hmm. And we have counties in Georgia that have populations of 3,000, 2,500, where even all the counties around them would not cannot support a, a full hospital with all the services that most hospitals in the metro area uh, issue. The other problem is then, since young people are not staying uh, in home, then your population is older and has more health problems. True. So trying to find a way a new way to get health care to the people that are still back in these rural areas but can't support a small hospital has been a real problem in Georgia. We are now going to telemedicine, um, trying to find sort of a hybrid between a uh, just sort of a quick stop uh you know, where you go in and uh, have a health check and a, for really minor problems and an emergency room so that people in rural areas do have a place to go in case of an emergency, can be evaluated, uh, treated, sent back home, hopefully, uh, before they're transferred, you know, 100 miles away to the biggest uh, local well, hospital. I, I think our listeners will like, know what's your background? So you have a unique background unlike just some politician or legislature sitting in there, your background is? In nursing. I have an advanced degree in nursing. I uh, practiced in the clinical area, and I also taught nursing. Uh, and my husband was a general practitioner. So all of my and, adult life has basically been in the healthcare. And field. you also worked in other states other than Georgia. Oh, I did. Uh, Tennessee, uh, Texas. Uh, in Florida as I went about getting several right. master's degrees. Right. No, but anyway, that just gives you, I mean, it, it gives you a, a lot of credibility as you look at things and, and you can compare them, you know, kind of what you saw, but also to, to really hear both sides because workers in these hospitals have, have issues. Right. Well, what happens is uh, state legislatures are made up of everyday citizens. We are a citizen legislature. Uh, we serve less people in the congressional. I represent about 50,000 people. George is growing so fast that when we redistrict, it'll be about a 60,000 uh, number of constituents. But a congressman represents almost 700,000 people. So, and we don't go to Washington. Uh, we go into session full time, January to March or mid-April. Right. And then we work I, the chairman work part-time basically um, but then we're home we have the grocery store the church in our areas and we're closer to the people 
But uh, in Georgia, there's 236 of us between the House and the Senate. There are probably only 10 of us that have had any hands-on patient care. Wow. Uh, the, the rest of the representatives and senators are, um, you know, a dentist, which is in the healthcare field, but not you know, in the really medical part of it, as far as in illness, uh, they're grocers, they're insurance agents. Uh, we've had school teachers. We have retired people. We have uh, funeral retired home. judges. I know there are a funeral, funeral home. Yeah, right. one of my favorite Democrats, and I, I am a Republican. Uh, one of my favorite Democrats, uh, her husband and family, they own uh, funeral homes. And Patty is always, apparently that is an area where people are not pursuing, uh, young people are not going into that area, and Patty's always trying to find ways to encourage young people to enter the funeral home business. So, yes, so they don't really have a healthcare background, and it it makes it difficult when you're trying to get complicated uh, medical issues. In in our discussions, you know, and and people can be kind of jaded listening to the national news about this polarization and politics and things but and, and and big issues about certain health care type of things but i know dealing with uh with the elderly i think we have a lot of consensus across party lines and i try to help is that oh. your observation Yes, and my committee is a large committee. There's about 35 members, and it's very close between Republicans and Democrats. And we reach across the aisle, and it it takes people from both. There will be a bill come through that Republicans, some of the Republicans won't like, and it'll take the Democrats helping get a bill passed. So uh, in health care, is about patience as far as I'm concerned. It's not about party. And... Now, you know, Obamacare and what happens, that's above my pay grade. Uh, You know, as far as expansion or not expanding, that's up to the governor. Uh, So, but on the day-to-day issues that we do deal with, that's about patient care. It's not about party. And for me, I'm much more about policy than party because in the field I work in. Yeah, you you said you 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 were you had worked some in Tennessee or Florida and Texas or any of those places. Did you get to see the rural areas, or were you always worked in a big city? Uh, or both. But, well, I did my public health nursing in the mountains of uh, the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. Wow. So, wow. Uh, I got a good taste of public health, not an area that I would want to be in all the time, but thank goodness for the public health systems. Uh, Public health has been around uh, since the early 1900s and is often a safety net, and it's Mm -hmm. certainly becoming a safety net for rural Georgia uh, here in Georgia. Well, I I think that's important, and and I know this is the... the this is shows basically for seniors, but this really affects a lot of our our seniors who have lived in uh, and um, in uh, rural areas that didn't want to move out. No. But but what's moving out are the hospitals, right? So and, and I think there were some examples you you advised me of some care that some people now in Georgia. Might have to drive sixty miles to a hospital. Right. I think was it six? I, I might right sixty miles, sure. And if you can't support a hospital in your area, then you're going to have trouble supporting any kind of a special uh, specialty in medicine. 
and may even have trouble supporting a general practitioner. So uh, the loss of the hospital, because, you know, doctors, especially if they're the only doctor available in a rural area, that means they're on call all the time, and they need to know that there's a hospital available, you know, or at least in a emergency type situation uh, facility where if they have a patient that needs that care uh, they can go to it well and this tele telemedicine telemedicine is 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 like the cutting edge right now isn't oh it? well yes and it's not just uh, looking at a patient like skyping uh, and so that you're just talking uh, they now have mobile units where uh, a, a nurse and it doesn't have to be an advanced practice nurse or a PA it can be an LPN they can do an EKG on you and the person on the end of the line can see it uh, they can do a sonogram I mean, and uh, the person, the doctor, can see the results. They can see you. They can talk as a patient. So it's really amazing where telemedicine is gone. Well, I, I think it's you know obviously the way of the future, and it and it and it goes to help all. I mean, and our our seniors that live out in these rural areas. They, they certainly need need to have access somehow. Well, and one of the things that happened is as hospitals were in all the areas and we became more focused on everybody going to hospitals, public health sort of went by the wayside, and the public health nurses didn't do as much as they used to. And so we are having in Georgia refocus on public health really being involved well, in patient care. Well, that's great. Well, that... That ends our first session of the uh, of the Safe Senior Hour, and we'll be back uh, talking to Representative Cooper. America's Web Radio is the most diverse and informative radio station anywhere in cyberspace. We have shows about health, business, current events, entertainment, home care, and everything in between. We appreciate your continued support of America's Web Radio. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business practices, and fascinating business professionals to get an insider view of how America works. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Happy Holidays! I'm Patty Levan, owner of Multiline Mortgage Services, Inc. Call us for details about our conventional loans with as little as 3% down or talk to us about our FHA, VA, and USDA loan options. We answer your questions with honesty and integrity because that's how we roll. Multiline Mortgage Services, your way home. Call us at 941-201-9111 or check out our website at multilinemortgage.com. Company founded by Joseph D. Powers, NMLS 158-989, licensed Georgia and Florida.
Season's greetings. I'm Patty LeVan, owner of Multiline Mortgage Services, Inc. Let's talk about reverse mortgages for seniors 62 and older. Reverse mortgages were designed to free up money that seniors can use at their discretion in retirement. Let us help you determine if this program is right for you. We'll help you choose the right lender and walk you through the loan process. Multiline Mortgage Services, your way home. Call us at 941-201-9111 or check out our website at multilinemortgage.com. Company founded by Joseph DePal. Powers, NMLS 158-989, licensed in Georgia and Florida. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back to our second session of the Safe Senior Hour. And uh, as we always try to remember everybody, elder abuse doesn't report itself. So, you know, please, please advise professionals in your area, law enforcement, somebody that that you trust, uh, uh, of any situation that you see, both uh, we look at physical, financial, and institutional. And again, today we are very honored to have Representative Sharon Cooper with us uh, from the state of Georgia, uh, state rep, and who is the chair of the Health and Human Services Committee that deals with many, many senior issues and health issues and elder abuse issues. And the last session we were talking about rural health, where we have a lot of issues with our seniors who live, uh, still live in the small communities. And, Correct. And I think people, our listeners that remember, it, we're talking about Georgia, but Georgia, its major, major industry, as I just talked about today, is agriculture. It is. It's, it's not the big businesses around Atlanta. It's agriculture. Now, I know we're sitting here you know, with David here, who's from Texas, and Sharon's from Texas. That's big, but Taz, Georgia's big. It's 159 counties, but it's doesn't compare to anything like a Texas. They're just right. Well, I'm a Texas by uh, birth and growing up, but I've been in Georgia so long. I'm a Georgian by marriage. Okay, so, so well, I was just getting how big it, when we're talking about rural, how big Texas was. You're talking about three and four hours to drive to airports, big major cities and stuff. But that's the importance of rural health. But what, what we're, we'd like to really address today is, is the issues dealing with seniors and their housing issues. Housing meaning health housing and, and what they can do. Well, in Georgia, we have three levels. We have large personal care homes. Mm-hmm. Then there's an assisted living. And then, of course, there's nursing homes. And the problem that we are having, which the paper has... Uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has done a great job on covering many of the problems with the assisted living facilities. They say they're coming back to go again on nursing homes, but they've been running a big series. And as somebody that's elected, I I really try to stay off television and the press and just try to do my job. And you'll hear people fuss about the press. But I am very thankful for these articles because it has brought it to pretty much everyone's attention on the problem that we're having with assisted living. It took years for the legislature to pass an assisting living designation. The nursing homes fought it like mad. And they were really short-sighted because once we got that designation, then they just went into that business too, where they owned people (laughs) who wanted them, had nursing homes, but they also had assisted uh, assisted living facilities. And in assisted living facilities, these are all private, where people are paying thousands of dollars to live in a facility that's basically their home, but where they get 
extra care. There's their meals and uh, other things that they might not that they might need help with. And the problem I think in Georgia, after listening to it, the paper and talking with people is, is that the assisted living, they have become sort of mini nursing homes. Nobody wants to go to the old-fashioned nursing homes. And many of those are changing and becoming more updated. And they're where you, not everybody has to get up at 6.30 in the morning to be at the breakfast by 7, where there's more options and all. But basically, we're still in the old model of nursing homes. And I can tell you, uh, people don't want to go there. And so when they go into assisted living, and they're pretty independent, but all of a sudden they begin to have health problems and they really need a more skilled, some more nursing care. And I mean not uh, like a uh, nursing assistant, but an LPN or RN care. Right. Then they don't want to leave. And so the family throws a fit and the person throws a fit about moving out even though they need more in-depth actual nursing care. And... I can understand that, and I can understand the pressure for these assisted living facilities to let them stay, but we're having problems with that, and so we go back into the session, as we talked earlier on Monday, and we will have a bill that I'm going to carry uh, to tighten up a lot of the rules, that if you're going to allow people who need more skilled nursing care, then you have got to provide more nursing hours that are, you know, LPN, RN, to really be able to meet those needs. A, a, a ratio, a higher ratio. A higher ratio of, of staffing. Staffing, right. Because one of the problems is not enough staff. And when you've got people more seriously ill or having more problems than when there's no staff, there's likely to be more falls, uh, more harassed staff, more staff likely to leave the job as soon as they can get a little bit more money uh, in a box factory and uh, therefore maybe not as kind and long-term knowledge of the patients it needs to be. Well, I, I, I see that in these articles. And again, it's not, these are not, not articles. These are true investigative reports by investigative reporters. You're right. And they are doing a, an incredible job. Uh, their professionalism is, uh, it's not just reporting the news. They're doing the, 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 the hard work. And in Georgia, they, 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 they've had a series of articles doing more. And we had, as we said, we had a reporter on. You can go back and look in our archives and what our, our, our conversation with, with Brad was. But, again, a lot of other states are looking at this. I know Tennessee and some other issues I was told when I was speaking to um, representatives in Tennessee that people in Kentucky were looking at this. So it's, it's, it's an issue for all the states. It's involving. As, as people age, one of the things is we're just having a tsunami of aging. And Georgia is uh, the fastest growing state east of the Mississippi. We're going to be one or like six of the largest states in the country in just a short period of time. Uh, and our aging population is just exploding. Uh, people are coming from other areas are sort of tired of Florida where they put three roofs on their house in five years because uh, of the hurricanes and all and they can't get insurance 
And so they're moving up along our coast are going to our beautiful mountains, which, you know, you get a little bit of the winter, but not what you get up north in some of the areas. Uh, and then are along our coast where Georgia has been really lucky, our coast just curves in a little bit. Right. And we seem to miss most of the great big hurricanes. But, but it, 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 an interesting point, what we just talked about before in our first session, uh, session a rural uh, coverage. These people are moving to the mountains, and these are rural areas. There, right. there are no. You go north of Atlanta. There aren't too many major cities as you go north, but there are finding that uh, that that the population is growing, and they're growing with people who are used to having care. Uh, the people moving in are used to having routine care, and so it gets to be a problem of. Uh, of, you know, what can, what well, can you do? You well, know? and one of the things is, as you see this problem, then, and I'm all for business. I just, if it's going to deal with people and their needs, I just want to make sure that the business component is doing what they said they would do and what they promised people. And we have big corporations seeing this explosion and going in and building beautiful facilities they are. Oh, but then what they do is, they're like I said, they're not staffing them as they need to staff them. So one of the things we'll do is we're looking at the rules for that, uh, corporations and, and making sure they're financially stable and that their administrators are trained, not just somebody off the street, because we have a very lax, you have to be 18. And uh, so we need to tighten that up and make sure there's continuing education in the field and the certification for their administrators. So we are looking at a comprehensive bill for Georgia. But here again, part of it is because of this explosion of citizens demanding a different kind of care. And, you know, there is another option. We're doing a lot of home care where people can stay and can try to stay in their homes as long as possible. Right. No, I think that's 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 so true. And we we haven't mentioned personal care homes, which is one step below assisted living. I think. Right. Yeah. Pretty much where you're independent, but you know, maybe you get a meal and. Right, and somebody reminds you to take the, take the medicine. Take your medicine, but you're pretty much still an independent person. You just don't want to put up with a a yard and all the problems and. But 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 to our listeners, I think people have to understand. Um, and we'll uh, we'll go into it in the next session. We'll take a break. It is is nursing homes are basically controlled by the federal government rules and regulations. But when you get down to assisted living, it's in the hands state. of the state. And same thing with personal care homes. So with that, we'll take our break and uh, we'll be back. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shop.
If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual, family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Happy Holidays. I'm Patty LeVan, owner of Multiline Mortgage Services, Inc. Call us for details about our conventional loans with as little as 3% down. Or talk to us about our FHA, VA, and USDA loan options. We answer your questions with honesty and integrity because that's how we roll. Multiline Mortgage Services, your way home. Call us at 941-201-9111 or check out our website at multilinemortgage.com. Company founded by Joseph D. Powers, NMLS 158-989, licensed Georgia and Florida. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Happy Holidays! I'm Patty LeVan, owner of Multiline Mortgage Services, Inc. Call us for details about our conventional loans with as little as 3% down. Or talk to us about our FHA, VA, and USDA loan options. We answer your questions with honesty and integrity, because that's how we roll. Multiline Mortgage Services, your way home. Call us at 941-201-9111 or check out our website at multilinemortgage.com. Company founded by Joseph D. Powers, NMLS 158-989, licensed Georgia and Florida. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back to the third segment of the Safe Senior Hour. And again, we're very honored to have our our guest today is uh, Representative Sharon Cooper from the great state of Georgia. And uh, and uh, Sharon is the chair of the uh, Health and uh, Human Services Committee, which deals with a lot of uh, senior issues. And that's what we were talking about in the last segment. And uh, we wanted to continue our thoughts from the groups of uh, senior issues concerning um, facilities they can go to. And and we talked about nursing homes, assisted living, personal care homes. And again, if we could just go through a little bit more about the differences and the the big general difference between the nursing homes, assisted living, and personal care. Okay, within a personal care home, it would be where you're still pretty independent, but you decide you don't want to... 
maybe do the yard anymore and you'd like to have a place where you could get meals and maybe you need to be reminded to take your medicine occasionally. The assisted living is a step up. It's a step in between the personal care home and pretty much independence and the nursing home where you have actual physical disabilities that need 24-hour skilled nursing care like you have a huge wound or a huge bed sword or and so and in the assisted living facility there's also popped up memory care units which you know are a different section to themselves but they have been coming up in the assisted living area now some facilities and i think these are great are ones where you can live independent in cottages or even in apartments. And then in the same area, the same grounds and all, if you begin to need assisted living where you need more help, that there's a medication aid or someone to give you medicines right. and you need a little bit of more assistance, that you go there and then when you reach the stage of needing in nursing homes. And those are really very nice. But, of course, they all can stand independently of themselves. Right, but I think the point for our listeners that we got to remember is that that these assisted livings are private pays, most of them, right? And many of them are thousands and thousands of dollars. But this is a case where buyers beware <clears throat> because you go in and you see these beautiful facilities and they promise all these things, but you really need to try to talk to patients without <clears throat> or to clients in those. They're not patients. Right, right, right. <clears throat> Independently, if you can, from their families uh, and I cannot stress the importance of when an older person has family, that no matter which level, personal care homes, assisted living facilities, memory care, nursing homes, that their families don't think, oh, mom and dad are fine. You know, we've got them in this facility. And we don't have to go but, you know, once a month, every six weeks to see them. Well, first of all, you know, older individuals want to see their families. But the other thing is family members need to come and they need to pay attention. They really need to see if mom has dropped a lot of weight in a memory care unit. Uh, Not that she's just getting more forgetful because one of the problems we found is that in some memory care units, they were just taking in a tray of food and put it in front of the person and then coming back to pick it up and the person hadn't eaten. That's because sometimes in memory care with people who have Alzheimer's, they forget how to eat, and they need to be assisted with eating. So not just to say hi to mom and have a little social visit, but to see in these areas if mom is getting around okay, if she's lost weight, if she has any unusual bruising on her, or if she tells you or he tells you that somebody's being mean to them, don't think that it's just, you know, mom's getting older and she's just cranky and complaint. But to actually listen to them, I, the importance of family paying attention when people have family. And if if you know an elder person in one of these, make it your good deed to do, your kindness, uh, your act of kindness, to visit that person and sort of be a surrogate family member. Well, I, I think everybody in, in all areas, whether it's the nursing home, assisted living, or personal care, make unannounced visits. Oh, Right. Correct? I mean, that's... The, that's Different that, times of day. And, and go around lunchtime or dinnertime, see what they're eating. Or show up at 11 o'clock at night. Yes, right, right. And, and I think, you know, it's... I mean, 
this is their world now. The people that you help put in these areas, this is their world. And and you're like the watchdog for them. And it's very important that 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 you you look and try to to make sure your loved ones are getting the best right. care that they can. And un- unfortunately, so much of the exploitation of taking of money is and neglect is often from family members. And I, and that's one of the saddest things about this. Um, we, we seem to have a lot of people that think that the money that mom and dad saved all their life for is their child's inheritance. That's my inheritance. So they don't want to spend to have somebody come in and keep mom at home as long as she can or to put them in a, an assisted living and, you know, where they're going to get good care. Uh, and that's really bad. And it's even worse, they actually take the money and leave mom without right. any or dad without anything. I say mom all the time because women tend to live longer, and we are having many, many people live beyond 85. Uh, and the older past 85, one out of every two people will have dementia. It's just the statistics that go along with it. And so it is just a problem that we have. So it's very important to, you know, observe at different times and also to be aware family members can be the exploiters. We have some other other areas that we're going to continue in on the same vein in our next segment as this will end our our, uh, third segment of the uh, Safe Senior Hour. And when we come back, I want to remind everybody, or before we come back, that at um, noon today, we've got General Dix coming in. He is uh, uh, he was a general during Desert Storm and Desert Shield, and he's going to be starting a show with us, and it's going to be called Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Too many folks have already started forgetting that there was a war back uh, for Desert Shield and Desert Storm and why. And uh, General Dix was a very big participant, and uh, we're thankful he's going to be doing a show here on America's Web Radio that's becoming a really a veteran-oriented radio station. Uh, we've got um, Mike Dover that uh, is going through. He's the uh, chaplain nationally for disabled American veterans, and he's doing a show telling all of us that served that we have benefits, and they're out there for us, and he'll tell you how to get them, and uh, it's very, very interesting. So stay tuned after after this show. We have the uh, NSPS Hour, and then following NSPS Hour, we'll be remembering Desert Storm and Desert Shield. We'll be back right after this. Ten to eleven. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business practices, and fascinating business professionals to get an insider view of how America works. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower. Listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Safe Senior Hour. Uh, again, uh, our guest today is State uh, Representative Sharon Cooper, the chairman of the Health and Human Services Committee here in the state of Georgia, and uh, the, who address uh, elder issues. And, and again, uh, Sharon, thank you. It's your second time here, I think, and, and, yes. and we appreciate it r- very much. We've been talking about the different type of homes and residents that seniors what might go to concerning like nursing home, assisted living, personal care home. A term that people throw out all the time is that somebody's in hospice or they're in hospice. Can you just give us some comments on that and what your thoughts are? Well, hospice is defined in, defined in states differently, but it's usually either the last year when a physician has said that you are entering your last year of life. Now, they can't predict accurately, but they think you're in your last year, or some states would say the last six months of life. And in hospice, people have decided most of the time to not continue treatment, to have palliative care, which is pain relief and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, where you stay hydrated and all, but not all of the you know, extraordinary life-saving uh, issues that would occur normally, not to be resuscitated right. if you die and so forth. And here again, this can be a problem in our assisted living facilities in that a lot of hospice patients become bedridden. Right. And here again, if you're going to keep hospice patients, which if the assisted living is your home, and that's how people view it, when they go into these facilities, then there needs to be more nursing care or the family needs to arrange for private care uh, that comes in that's approved by the nursing home uh, to be with that person. It might just be a sitter or it might be somebody with a little more skill in helping the person do something. But, you know, most of what we spend in this country is spent on the last year of life. Hmm. Um I I hate to say it, as a nurse, I've seen patients who want to be in hospice, who just want to stay comfortable. They're ready to go. And all of a sudden, a son or daughter who hadn't seen their mom or dad in the last 12 years comes in to visit and says, oh, no, you know, I want them to have everything. I want them to have all the new medications. I don't care if it makes mom sick in her last, you know, month of life she's throwing up and so forth. That happens a lot. I think there's been a lot more education of educating people about taking control of your life, and it's very important that people have a you know a power of attorney or that they have a directive ahead of time about what they would like with their to happen in their last days of life. Well, I I think that's that's so important, and uh, I know the state of Georgia has a program. The federal government had it, and I don't think it's funded. I've been understanding it's either been funded very limited or not funded anymore. But it's a program where the state of Georgia has put money in. Our, our guests have spoken about this, where we where they try to encourage people, if they can, to leave nursing homes, go back to their homes or to a private residence, and money is being the state pays to put ramps in, to to fix doors to do things to make people living in and in, out of a nursing home uh, back at their home. Okay, we're, we're not talking about people in hospice. We've switched. Right, I'm right. sorry, right, I did, right. Well, I was I was just trying to get people back it, it used in their to, homes. Right, well, it used to be 
that the only option was a nursing home, like like the old nursing homes. And so people who really didn't need that level of care but were getting a little forgetful or had a problem with mobility because they couldn't go up the 10 steps to their home, it was their only option. So it's much more, uh, it's a much better way economically to go in and help people that can't afford to, to fix these homes than it is to pay for Medicaid. And in the state of Georgia, probably 65 to 75, maybe even higher, percent of the people in nursing homes are on Medicaid, not Medicare, but Medicaid, which the state pays a portion of. So it's much to our advantage at the state to help people live independently. And that's not even considering how much happier and what a better quality of life people have in their own homes. I mean, I want to stay in my own home. Many places don't let you take an animal. I want to be able to, I have rescue corgis. I want a corgi with me at the foot of the bed when I, you know, leave this world. So <laughs> I, I don't want to go somewhere where I can't have my pets. Pets are great uh, therapy for people. So there's lots of reasons to help people stay well, in their homes as much as possible. I mean, my, my, our, uh, and that's why I can say uh, my hat's off to the state here because they are funding this program. It's I know it's done through the AAAs, the Area Administrators on Aging, and and it is a it, it is a, it is a wonderful program. Uh, clearly, uh, as 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 we go around the. Again, you know, as you can see, the sign of the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force, we, we have spoken to over 3,000 seniors. We're talking about education, education, education. You just said it. And we, go, we speak to seniors, and we also coordinate activities with over 600 law enforcement people. And, and so if uh, anybody wants to see uh, more information about how the task force runs here and how you can use it in your community, you can go to a new Facebook uh, page that we set up, and it's called the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force Foundation. It's a 501c3, and you can look at it on Facebook, but this is what you can do in your community. And and listen, education is education is education is great, and then... No, I mean, I just want to sing your praises. You've done a great job going and starting off with law enforcement. Because elder abuse is sort of like child abuse was 40 or 50 years ago. Everybody, when somebody was practically beating their child in the store, not spanking, but, I mean, really, they thought, oh, that's that family. That's their business. Well, and we've come a long way on child abuse. Well, elder abuse has been misunderstood also. I mean, it's sort of like we. part of the things that we're moving on this time was when somebody dies in Georgia in a nursing home or an assisted living, it's not reported to the local coroner. You know, and even if it's suspicious, if there's unusual bruises, if there were broken bones, if there's a humongous bed sore that looks like it should have been taken care of, none of that goes to the corner. And we will be uh, putting in a rule and, you know, putting a pretty stiff penalty if it's not reported to the corner and it results in death uh, because there's been an attitude like, oh, well, they're old. They're old. They died. So that's Lynette. We, you know, people are mandatory reporters. Doctors, if they see something, nurses, these, the, the, the assistants, the nursing assistants in these places, 
they are supposed to be mandatory reporters. Well, we have that the EMTs and the uh, um, EMS responders. They're mandatory mandatory reporters, and and we have uh, seen situations uh, where a department will be doesn't get the uh, law enforcement doesn't get word of it right. until after the person has has passed away when the conditions were so horrible it never was passed on so we we do think that this education and the idea of the coroners and again I know I kid about Texas how big it is but Georgia has 159 counties that's potentially 159 coroners and and in Georgia coroners don't have to be medical professionals. No, they right? don't. But there's a but there's a series of questions yeah. on the they can quickly determine whether they think there might be right. foul play or uh, you know right. neglect or something like that. And it's not the ones that die, you know, of natural causes, but we just need to move to where at least our local coroners are more aware of what's going on. It's a deterrent. I mean, if you know that there is a hefty fine and possibly a felony, if you don't report something and the person dies, that's a pretty big motivator for a hospital administrator to report it to the police and to report it to the state. Exactly. And we require both. Right, right. Whether it's the hospital, the assisted living area. I mean, and again, people say, well, what does this ever, ever happen? Well, I can tell you it has happened. It happened where somebody was moved and uh, it was a horrible conditions and local law enforcement and the local coroner knew nothing about it. And the person then was moved to another area, a death certificate was filled out. Nobody had a chance to look to try to help. What, what did this in this case, it was a female. What did she have to live it under in her last? Because the mandated reporters, actually the nurses and other people, didn't report it. Well, in the family, in seeing the uh, their their family member, right? They saw the condition and got a autopsy in another area of the state, and we just had one where the funeral director reported a ulcer that went all the way down to the bone. Wow. And so the funeral director, who's a mandatory reporter, uh, reporter uh, in our state, he reported it as he should have done. So it's going to take all of us. I mean, sometimes, you know, citizens think that we can just click our fingers and we get things done. Uh, doesn't work that way. Uh, laws need to be changed as we learn more. Uh, and just to be very blunt... Uh, the nursing home industry has been a very powerful industry. They fight. Uh, we try to work with them. I have tried. I've had conferences with them all. Told them things are coming. Seen what their complaints were. You know, you try to find out where you can do what's necessary for the patients, but try not to be overly burdensome on business because right. you don't want to do that. But sometimes people just say we don't want any change, and they fight you. And so, but but that's changing. Uh, there, I must say that the nursing home industry uh, has realized that things are changing, and that they need to yeah. work with us on a better basis. I hope. Let me say this: they've met their match because they don't intimidate you. I've seen you in action, and and the idea is where they try to to uh, people 
whatever, whether representing a big entity or, or as an individual. You don't back down when you believe you're right, but you will compromise. But your goal always has been, and I, from day one, you said that since we started this educational process, you're there for the citizens of Georgia. I got a lot of Texas grit and grizzle in me. So, uh, you know, and when I think somebody's doing something to patients, I mean, I don't run the health care in this state. Right. Uh, I'm just the House chairman. There is a counterpart over in the, in the state Senate and, of course, the governor and all. But when I can make a difference to improve the lives of Georgians, I'm out to do it when I can. So uh, I went after slum landlords last time, a little out of my field. And for the first time, Georgia has just a, you know, just a tiny standing for people who rent uh, against landlords that are truly slum landlords with uh, that people live with rats and mold and everything, which sickens our children. That's how I got into it, because uh, uh, asthma is the number one reason our children go to the hospital. So uh, when it comes to health care, I am pretty passionate and well, willing to work hard. Well, not just health care, just the, the, oh, the, the, the oh. care of, 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 of the seniors. And I know as we go out and we preach education, education, and we're just talking about it, we're, we're we, we've recently been in with with these veteran groups, and oh. one of the last ones was the Vietnam veteran group, and had forty or fifty people listen about the financial scams which they're targeted, and and it's only through education can you get people aware, and when you talk to forty or fifty, they're going to go out and tell their friends and their relatives because there's not enough law enforcement or regulatory people to I to. Mean- to to fight this. My father was wounded in Germany in World War II and suffered all his life. And when I think about the Veterans Administration and the hospitals they've had, I mean, I am so thankful for Senator Donnie Isaacson, who took him on. Uh, he had his last day, I guess it'll be about 5 o'clock this afternoon, when <laughs> our new uh, U.S. Senator, Kelly Leffler, will be sworn in. And I am so glad that she is still going to ha- be assigned to the Veterans, Veterans Committee. Her her dad and her father, I mean, her grandfather and her, and her dad were veterans. Uh, and she wants to continue the work of uh, Senator Isaacson. And I'm so thankful for his service. Uh, many years in the State House and school board, uh, head of the school board, state school board, and then on up to Congress. Uh, he did a great job. I wish him. Better health and rest, and to continue as he can. But we need to work and do a whole lot better for our veterans. Well, I agree, and 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 it's always enjoyable to go out and speak to to the vets, and and uh, and, and they're they're very attuned to uh, um, various situations. And and again, when you talk about, as you know, we've talked about it in a lot of our meetings, the uh, financial scams that. They're targeted, and uh, unfortunately, some of them have succumbed to it. But like everybody else, education will help stop that and uh, will stop these abuses. And uh, Well, here again, you tell me that one of the ones that the veterans have is they fall for the romance scams. And, you know, that's very sad. Here again, it's back to people being lonely. 
I agree. And I think that's one of the problems of our society as we become more involved in technology and our phones and all. We need to put that down and to reach out to people on a one-to-one basis. Uh, a text message to say, hi, Mom, are you okay? To somebody that is 80 years old just, you know, doesn't get it like to pick up the telephone and call Mom or go see her, and, or dad or a veteran and say thank you for your service. And, so, And, and neighbors. And neighbors. And, oh. you, know, you, you know, neighbors, you know, are, are, are very important. And you know what's coming. You know if you see... You know, Sally or George walking the dog every day, and all of a sudden for two days you don't see them, go knock on the door. And remember, you always can call law enforcement to do a welfare check. That's right. You don't, a number of times, that, that whether it's your sheriff or your police, they will gladly do it. And, and they'll fit it in their schedule, but, I mean, it's not like they're going to go away from not working a murder case, but they're going to go and eventually check and knock on that door and say, you know, Sally, George, your people have been saved. And, and that's why it's very important that you call or talk to people who um, are living alone. But with that, we're going to end today's uh, uh, show on the Safe Senior Hour. Again, uh, elder abuse doesn't report itself. And, uh, again, thank you, Representative Cooper, and uh, good luck in the legislature. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.